Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome, everyone, to the Sports Illustrated Media Podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy Trainer. Thanks for listening. Good show today. We've got my buddy Peter Schrager from Good Morning Football and Fox Sports. We uh, went all over the place. NFL, TV, music pandemic everything with schrager good conversation just a freewheeling conversation so hopefully you guys enjoy it if you missed any recent episodes of the si media podcast dip into the archives we had ernie johnson from tnt and inside the nba last week jim miller was on two weeks ago al michaels dan patrick kevin harlan all on the podcast recently as well so give those a listen subscribe rate and review all right let's get to this week's show with the always entertaining Peter Schrager. All right, joining me now, one of my favorites from Good Morning Football on the NFL Network, Peter Schrager. Schrags, how's it going? What's up, Jimmy? I love being on the podcast. I was honored to get the text, and here I am. I love having you. You know that. Um, give me a little... I mentioned Good Morning Football. We know you're on there Monday through Friday. What's going on with the Fox stuff? Because you you were usually on the pre-pregame show. Are you doing that from home this year now? You're not obviously traveling yeah, to L.A. every week. Well, it's not that obvious. That could start soon. I mean, it's been fluid. But, yes, it's actually worked out really well. Um, I've been in a New York studio, and they've been using me just as much as they were. So I play the role, or not the role, but my role is essentially what you see Jay Glazer on the noon show at 11 a.m. That's me. And, I'm the first one with the news. And this year it's been a really important role because 11 a.m. is when these COVID tests are coming out. So people right. are putting on their football 
And Sunday morning, I've become a, a health expert and a health and a medical guy because I'm out there telling you exactly how many PCR tests have been conducted and when this game's going to be. And I'm the first person on the on the screen for Fox kind of to start their day of football. So it's been a big role and it's actually worked out really well. And the chemistry is shockingly really good with the guys who are in studio. It's funny you say that because I was going to ask you, because I know for me, I mean, you're in the business of the NFL. I'm not. But it's crazy to me that, you know, you basically you wake up to start your day, you start scrolling through Twitter. And then, like, it seems like between eight and 11 is when all these covid news breaks happen. And you're actually on the air with Good Morning Football. That's got to be a little bit tough if you're like, you know, in the middle of some segment and you guys, <laughs> yeah. are, you know, you guys do obviously hardcore football stuff but you're a lighthearted show yes. and then all of a sudden it's like oh well this game's being postponed and they have you know four tests and you're live on the air that's got to cause some commotion i would guess in your ears yeah and it's a balance of tone but like you're right so 9 a.m is when i'll get the text from my sources at the league because i've plugged into those guys it's a little earlier than when it comes out everywhere and it's like hey falcons facilities shut down right. titans have two tests whatever and we're in the middle of a segment where Kyle Brandt is, you know, talking about Saved by the Bell and comparing it to the Denver Broncos offensive line and why, you know, Lisa Turtle is the next Philip Lindsay or whatever it is. Who knows, you know, like, <laughs> and then it's like, wait a second, guys, guys, we gotta, we gotta stop down. Yeah. I'm just a quick little news. We've got two Titans, uh, you know, assistant linebackers coaches who have COVID and they're shutting down. That's what it is. But I really find it interesting to see how fluid, like it's, people are adapting. So you know, at first, when we had the first test with the Falcons, with AJ Terrell being positive, it was like it started off our show on a Sunday for, you know, Fox, and it was how does it, what are the implications? And I'll tell you, Jimmy, I went in and I read the 77-page document, and it was the only way I could ever learn this stuff. And I didn't go to medical school; I don't have a medical degree, but like, I will put myself—it's nothing to be patting myself. But like, I know that document as well as any single non. NFL medical person right. in the world right now. So I feel pretty confident knowing the difference between this kind of test versus that kind of test. And I'm pretty confident that you'll get as good a news on what it all means. And yet between us, fans don't really want to hear it all. They don't, they want to know, is my team playing on Sunday or Monday or Tuesday? Well, I don't really, you know, and it's one of those deals where we're figuring it out as we go. How much information do, do we want to know who has it? If it's Cam Newton, yes, but if it's an assistant, GM, are we really going into the, like, pointing out? I don't right. know. So, well, fans want to know from a fantasy gambling standpoint, like one of the teams, I guess, I forgot which team it was this week, had like the strength and conditioning coach, yeah. coach tested positive. That's not really going to affect the fans. The thing I would say is, and I said this with baseball from the beginning, and I, I've said this with the end, you know, when the when it comes out that this team had positive tests, that team shutting down a facility, this team had this coach, this the NFL, the, the one thing I would say to fans is that the NFL is not shutting down under any circumstances, basically. And may, MLB was in the same. But when the Marlins had those tests the first week of the season, people were saying that the season was going to shut down. And I, went, I said, the season's not shutting down because the Florida Marlins, like once these seasons starts, once these seasons start, baseball started, NFL started, they're not stopping. They'll rearrange as the NFL is done. And that's the one thing. I, I mean, I have no idea what's going on with the schedule. I know there's like all these weird like changes i can't just let me know what games are on sunday i'll be there yeah. and that's it but i have a uh fans have, should take comfort the league's not shutting down no matter what the, happens here look i've got an investment both professionally because this league is what's putting food on my table there are my right. employers all this stuff i also have an investment personally in a lot of the people that are affected by 
the COVID tests in the buildings. I know all these guys. I know all the coaches. I know a lot of the players. I know all that stuff. So I have an investment, but there is something that like set me off a couple of weeks ago on Twitter. And again, it's all relative. I'm not upset really about it, but like Kevin O'Connor, who I think is good on the NBA, he works for Simmons on the ringer was like, the NBA is about to complete their playoffs. And we've had 172 games and there's been no tests. And the, the lesson as always is, whereas the NFL is postponed, the bubble works and the bubble works. And I like, never do this but i've it finally like sent me i responded to him and i don't know him that well yeah i don't know him at all i like following his feed i listen to his podcast with uh chris vernon and i and i tweeted back and i'm like the nba had 20 teams and there's 12 players and there's like five or six coaches and they had an abbreviated season the nfl you have 65 players travel with you game to game. You have 30 people on the coaching staff. You have 40 people in the building. And it was a five-month season. We've got to get in. Like, the bubble didn't make a lot of sense for the NFL just because of how difficult it is to do a bubble. And you could say, yes, but if that was the rules, they would have done it, and the bubble would be fine. There'd be no positive test. All right, you tell – right now, you tell a New York Jets player, you can't leave your hotel room for the final three months of the season – and you're 0 and 6 or 0 and 5 right now, and like you've got to stick with it. Like it's a lot as it is. Mm. I don't know if the players would actually even listen at that point. And I also right. think you look well, at some of the star players. They take a Deshaun Watson or a Kirk Cousins or forget what their thoughts are on the coronavirus. Like when you're making 30 million dollars a year and you're told you've got to, you know, you got to live in your your hotel for the next three months, and your team's one and five. Like I think there's some really interesting decisions that would have to be made, and I don't think people think of that out. They just say. NFL, no, 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 no. Trust me, the NFL is trying their hardest to make it happen. And and again, this is the problem with Twitter. And in that, it's not just Twitter. I mean, now it's real life, uh, given where we are. But again, two things can be true. Like, yes, the bubble did work for the NBA. It was great. And the NBA and the NFL is not going to shut down unless you have a player drop dead. The NFL is not shutting down. And most of these cases, the players are asymptomatic or they're better in a couple of days. The NFL is not shutting down because of that. So, like, yes, the NBA bubble worked. The NFL will keep rolling on. Like, I don't like. To me, that's just the way it's going to be. Yeah, so. I would. I mean, to me, talking to a lot of the NFL guys, their concerns are the coaches still. Like, you know, and I'm not going to list the ages of all the head coaches, but you know, the, the Buccaneers have an assistant coach, Tom Moore. He's 81 years old. He right. travels with the team. Like, he's on the road in Chicago on a Thursday night game. And I'm like, that's what they're concerned about. How do we make sure that this is a healthy environment for our staff that are of maybe higher risk? But yeah. I, I, I will say this, uh, and on a, on a lighter note, but I'm actually being dead serious, no pun intended. I don't yeah. know why all the coaches don't go to the Andy Reid Shield. Face I don't mask. know. Yeah, I don't, I've seen it, and some of them have. It looks, so, like, it looks so much more comfortable than the mask. Yeah. Just go Shield. Yeah. Vic Fangio know. was, was ha- had the Shield last week, I believe. He did, and he won. Yeah, go with the Shield. <laughs> shield. Get the mask. You're pulling them oh. down, you're, you know. Although yeah. I guess Andy Reid in Buffalo with the rain, the shield might have been a little bit of an issue. Yeah. I, like, I hate talking COVID all day. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not where we want to start. But I do think that it is a topic this year, and it's the reason why I'm doing a show from home, and it's the reason why they're, we're on delay on NFL Network a little bit. Like yeah. It is what it is, and we got to be fluid and adjust. And I, unfortunately, I don't think the NFL could have possibly pulled off a bubble situation. Yeah, my only thing is uh, re- fans should calm down. The league's not going to shut down, when, no matter what you read in the morning about facilities being closed, and just enjoy the season. I, I, t- I did talk to... Um, I did talk to Kyle about this the last time he was on. I mean, your show, Good Morning Football, it, that's a rough show to have to do from home 
without you guys in person. You guys, it's such a like physical, personality, yeah. chemistry, even physical stuff, you know. Um, and, you know, during the summer months, it was probably not a big deal. But once the season has started now, um, it's got to be a little bit of a bummer that you still can't, you know, get back into the studio. Uh, yeah, we'll see. We're, I mean, we're honestly playing it week to week. We're not ruling out the chance that we do get back to studio. I agree. The show is better in person, but we had the Malcolm Gladwell 10,000 hours where yeah. all off season we were on delay. So like, I know the delay. Nate knows the delay. Kay knows the delay. Kyle knows the delay. And the home studio stuff has actually led to some funny moments on the show, whether it be Kyle's kids barging in and Kyle yelling at them that this is how the lights stay on me, daddy doing work. Like that was hilarious. And then on my end, you know, I've been jumping rental place to rental place, trying to figure out a place where I can, you know, do this show. And there's a different background every day on my show. So like we found ways to make yeah. it our show. Obviously it's not ideal. And I do. Here's what I don't, here's what everyone. the one thing is that I find annoying is that when the pandemic first started and everyone was working from home, yeah, the hosts, not just your show, every show, every show, no matter, not just sports, everyone was like, okay, well, this is a new world. We don't know what we're doing, but you know, we're, we're, we're live and we're going to roll with it. And like they, the, the, um, gaffes and mishaps would play. There was the one show you guys did where like Kyle had to go outside. because he yes. But yes. now I feel like people are trying to do the shows clean. Like, you know, no mistakes. Let's be professional. Like we're working from, no, no, give us all the, like, yeah. I want to see like someone's kid running the screen. I want to see someone's power go out. Like there was a, there was a charm to it. Like, yeah, I don't yeah. watch, I don't watch the late night shows much anymore. I did as a, you know, as a, at a certain age, but like, Seeing Jimmy Fallon with his kids was kind of nice. It was endearing. Yeah, yeah. Seeing Seth Meyers not dressed up in a suit and tie doing comedy was kind of nice. And slowly but surely, I think everyone's getting back to studio. And it's like, nope, the, the new normal was just temporary. We're going back to the old way. We need to yeah. see Jimmy Fallon in a shirt and tie. And I don't know. Do you? I don't necessarily have to. I don't really want to see Fallon at all, but that's besides okay. the point. Um, not a Fallon guy, I see. I like the other guys better. <laughs> I, I, I just, you know, yeah. Yeah. Um, I like Colbert and Kimmel better. Kimmel had Borat on last night. I have a big Borat. I was going to oh, might as well discuss it now because I was going to say, yeah, no matter what happens in the NFL or sports, the only thing that matters this week is that Borat comes out on Friday. On so Amazon when Prime. it says it, come out, it comes out, what does that mean? It's on demand or it's Prime. in the theater? Prime, Amazon Prime. All right. And you will, that's the kind of thing where like, all right, Friday night, I'm going to oh, watch yeah. Borat. Yeah. Yeah. You don't care. Uh, loved Borat, like yeah. one of my favorite movie going experiences in my life. But I, yes. I'm, I'm, you know, I saw there's a New York Times article like when Sasha Baron Cohen got serious and like why oh, Borat's like a no, cultural, no, no. like important thing. I'm like, I don't necessarily need to hear that either. Um, but no, the trailer came out. It's not serious. It's Borat. In any it's way not shot. like it's no. not. <laughs> no, he. No, 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 no. It's the same exact thing as the first one from what I saw. I mean, yes, he does. He does. Um, I guess there is one point where he crashes a Mike Pence rally, but okay. that's not serious. He's, you know, yeah, he's doing the Borat stuff. Yeah, yeah. no, it's I can't really think about anything else. This if, week. Who's uh, this is me. This is what we do when I come on your podcast. Yeah. Who, who now in the comedy world is someone that you would feel that way? You drop everything and be like, I'm seeing that movie or that show. Is there anyone else like Borat gets me like if there's a new Will Ferrell something I'll probably see it no matter what like I trust his comedic a really good question um, I mean I will say this I will watch anything Sasha Baron Cohen does like he did the Showtime show the Made in America yeah anything Sasha Baron Cohen does I will watch he's he's someone Larry still Larry David like yeah 
I just saw, and now, you know, whatever, Trump people get pissed off, but I don't care. They just, Julia Louis-Dreyfus just tweeted that her, Jason Alexander, and Larry David are doing like a reunion virtual thing that you can watch online Friday night. But it's like a fundraiser, I guess, for like a Democrat in Texas, which whatever. Okay. I don't see like, sure. I don't like that's not going to stop me. If Larry David is doing something live on the it. Internet, I'm going to watch it. There's just no. Two did you, about are you a fan and did you watch Bill Burr do Saturday Night Live? I am a fan. I saw him live and it might have been the funniest thing I've ever seen live. Yeah. I mean, it's not Eddie Murphy raw, but I didn't see that live. But if you go, I mean, Delirious, if you go live. You're saying uh, not Saturday Night Live. You're saying the time you saw Bill Burr in person. I saw yeah. Bill Burr live yeah. do stand up. It was hysterical. I've had him on this podcast. Have you? Yeah, he was great made fun of me for being fat. It was very amusing. <laughs> great. And I saw Saturday Night Live and I thought it was funny. Yeah, I like I mean, it. He, so he, when I, I, saw he I didn't on, like him like, in the skits. That's a little weird. Honestly, I actually thought the skits were surprisingly great. He did a yeah. skit where he played a football analyst on a yeah, show yeah. similar to ours. And I, I was chuckling because yeah. it was like the zany football guy. And they're trying to talk about social justice matters. And I'm like, yeah, that's that. That's kind of what t- sports TV is these days. Like, yeah. uh, you got to try to find a way to balance and talk football and X's and O's and on the back end. We're also talking about the world and what's going on at large. So yeah. I, I appreciated that. Anyway, he's one of those guys that I would watch. Will Ferrell, I think. And uh, I think still, if Apatow puts out a movie or something, I'll probably see that. Yeah. I, number one, for, I mean, and Jerry Seinfeld is still, you know, anything. He, if he's on a late night talk show, I make sure to DVR it and I'll watch anything. Jerry, you know, he did that. His last stand up, people were saying it wasn't good. I, the 23 I hours one was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Great. Yeah. yeah. Hilarious. Um, but. <clears throat> Especially now during a pandemic, I, I think anything where you can get Larry David is you have to watch it because God only knows. Can you imagine him, you know, quarantined and yeah. avoiding the journey? Germ- Hilarious. I, mean, like, I felt like he was he was doing quarantine before the quarantine. Right. Like that's right? what like, the crazy thing about this is that the last season of Curb came out right at the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah. Before we knew, you know, and he filmed it obviously way before the pandemic and he had Perel on every table in it's his true. coffee shop. And there's the scene where he's like hugging the doctor and him and the doctor are having these embraces. And I'm like, Oh, that, that's the last time we're going to see that. I, I, uh, what's the thing you miss in per- I mean, we're just taking this off the rails because I don't think yeah. you care about my thoughts no, no, on, no. on world series ratings and whatever else. Mm. Um, what's the thing you miss in person? Like as far as, what was a conventional thing that you would always do yeah. that you have not been able to do? I just had this conversation with my dad on Sunday because he was talking about here on Long Island, the movies are opening up. Okay. I think this weekend, I don't know, this weekend, next weekend, they're opening up. I really, I'm not, I didn't miss the movies. Okay. I miss a restaurant, which I know you can go to, but I'm talking about like a packed restaurant, atmosphere, yep. buzz, you know, um, a good like I really miss like a, a good steakhouse. Yep. Um, you know, like six friends at a table. You're ordering. Yes. You're ordering drink and an extra thing of bread and everyone's right. having fun. We haven't seen each other in a couple of months. We're all together. Right. right. Yeah. You don't have to worry about sticking your fork on someone's plate to grab like, you know, yeah. get a French fry and, you know, um, you know, and the, the, the buzz in a nice restaurant, especially like a steakhouse. And I miss that more. And I, you know, um, I, I loved, you know, Billy Joel at Madison Square. You know, Billy Joel did concerts at Madison Square Garden every month. He did one show a month at MSG. So, like, 
I would randomly decide like, oh, you know, let's go see, you know, yeah. go see Billy tonight. Let's the go last see concert I saw was Billy's show in February, which I guess was the last one he did prior to the pandemic. So you saw him at MSG in February. Yeah. That's right before the pandemic. Yeah. yeah. Bon Jovi, I, I bon Jovi was the special guest. Oh, okay. I should have been at that one. I, uh, I miss that. I do miss being able to go to a concert. The movies I, I don't really care movies about. Movies don't do it for me. Concert is huge. I think, and like as as someone who covers the NFL, as corny as it sounds, there is something to walking onto a football field or walking into that yeah. stadium and having the rush of the crowd. I definitely miss that. But Jimmy, your point is right. Getting together with friends, and it's not that we can't get together right now. There's ways to do it. Just to not have the care of the world of, am I doing this right? Right. Is is something I genuinely miss. I also miss stand up comedy shows. I obviously I'm a fan. Like me and my wife would love going to this like, see a stand up comedy show in a small venue or whatever it is and see a comedian and laugh. Like it's the weirdest stuff. But I brought all that up because you know Seinfeld had the whole article. New York's oh, not yeah, dead, yeah. and yeah. James Altschuler responds and is like, no, actually it is dead, as I said. And as Seinfeld's writing that from a you know three thirteen million dollar estate from the Hamptons. I'm wondering as someone who does live in New York City, Jimmy, do you feel like New York is dead or well, do you feel like it's coming back? I don't live in this city. I live on Long Island. I don't yeah. think the city is dead. Um I think it will be back if, if we can get control of this virus. Um which I think can happen if certain things happen, but I'm not going to get into that. And then, but here's the thing. Did you see the Jerry Seinfeld interview on 60 Minutes a couple of weeks ago? I missed it. I missed it. What did he say? Because, okay, so I'm going to give you a little backstory here for you and the listeners. So he was interviewed on 60 Minutes by John Wertheim. Yeah. Iconic, legendary SI, John Wertheim. So Wertheim calls me. This was at the beginning of September, I think. Really? Maybe the end of August. And he goes... Um, just between us, you can't tell anyone. I'm interviewing Jerry Seinfeld for 60 minutes. Oh my God. He goes, Can you send me 10 questions to ask him? I'll take you to the steak dinner. Yeah. You guys, because I know you know him, you know, you're in that world. So I send him the 10 questions, and John actually asked Jerry one of my questions, which was about buying the Mets, because at that time, it looked like A Rod and J Lo were sure. aggressively pursuing the Mets. So I said, Ask him if he thought about it. And he gave a great answer. He's like, he goes, I got enough people yelling at me on the street about the Mets. I don't need more of it if I'm the owner. And did it make the actual cut on the 60 <laughs> and that, minutes? Yes, yes. Oh, that's awesome, yeah. dude. Congrats. But, that's great. So Wertheim asked him about that article yeah. and his response and burying the guy. And Wertheim said, you know, there's a lot of people who criticize you because of exactly what you just said, Shregs, about you're yeah. writing that from the Hamptons. And, the, and Jerry just said, oh, shut up. Yeah. And he said, what do you say to those people? He's like, shut up. Who cares? That's his right. And, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't, that's Jerry. I don't think yeah. Jerry ever is going to back down. But see, I think it was, I looked at it with, uh, with Mark Marin, I guess probably at the start of the pandemic or middle and like, you know, Marin has, has real issues with Jerry over the years and they're two comedians. And he's like, you know, Mark Marin's critique of Seinfeld is that he doesn't really actually say anything of, of worth and never gets like self-reflective and Seinfeld to his credit holds his ground. And it's like, I just want to be funny. Like I'm right. not looking to change. Like funny is what matters. And I'm nodding my head. I'm like, you know what? He's a comedian. I'm not looking for a philosopher at every time someone takes a stage. What, what's wrong with just giving us life observations? Yeah, no, it's, it, you know, I do think I, I will say this about, cause I get your point about he's writing this article about the city while he's in the Hamptons, et cetera. But I thought it was more of like, I thought he, I thought the angle on it was more of like almost a PR thing. Like, let me stick up. Yeah, it was. This city. It, it gave, I yeah. pumped my fist afterwards, dude. Like I read yeah, it because yeah. I live in the city. I live in Brooklyn. There's construction as there always is going on right, right below me right now. 
And you know, I'm going to be commuting in eventually back to lower Manhattan every day. I don't want to hear, I made this decision to live here, raise a child here. Like I liked hearing it. It was almost like rooting for a sports team and hearing someone say something good about your team. I was like, yeah, right. hell yeah. New York is coming back. Do I believe it? I hope yeah. so, man. The other thing, you know, and it's weird too. I don't know if you felt this way. I, I definitely felt like in the summer, Corona was so much more tolerable because I was outside. You were at the, I was at the beach yeah, in the pool like almost every day I could get there. Uh, you know, it's going to be, I think, a little rough now. Um, but so, we, you know, I don't know. The movies, stand, a, a stand-up show, I think, is a good one. That's for sure. I would do that. Like, I, would, I miss that way more than going to the movies, like you said, going to see a stand-up. You know, New York City, that's such a thing to do is go, to, go see some Well, you pay you pay rent like this. You choose to live here. You don't choose to live because you like the the nightlife and the action. Right. The fact that I can go see on a random Tuesday night, you know, walk five blocks and go see Mumford and Sons, like, you know, play a huge concert. And you take that away, you know, the advantages of having a backyard and living in some suburb makes a lot more yeah. sense, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It, you hit it the nail on the head though. It's those, it's those nights in a row, you know, when we, when SI was in Midtown, Used to go to like Del Frisco's every now and yeah. then. Now, now we're downtown, so we go to. I go to Morton's. I don't know once every few months. It's great. You, just, you miss that atmosphere. You really miss the atmosphere. Of and that. the people watching, and, and who's yeah, walking yeah. in, and look at that yeah. couple. That's not his wife. That's his girlfriend. <laughs> and, you know, all that stuff is great. That stuff's gone, dude. Yeah. And it's gone for now. But who knows? I'm hoping yeah. it comes back. Um, I did have a couple of football things to ask. Let's do you, it. Let's but not it. hardcore. But what do you make? I mean, you know. I do this all the time in this podcast. You and I do it privately when we text. Is like you know we we bash Twitter and how stupid it is and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but you know there's still sports talk radio out there which might be dumber than Twitter. <laughs> They're going crazy in Boston now saying Belichick is done. Did you yeah. see this? Well, it's not a crazy take. Like the really? Titans, the Titan. Well, I don't think he's done, but the Titans you know, are the foil to the Patriots. So the Titans shut down their entire facility. They've got 30 guys with COVID. They've got to do everything virtually. And they come out and they blow the doors off the bills. And then, then five days later, they beat the Texans in a great game in a shootout where they look like they're ready to take on the world. Patriots are virtual and they look rusty. They look out of sorts. You know, there's a lot of talk from the players to local media saying things like, well, we'll see if we want to play or not. And all that, like, I'm not saying I'm ever going to doubt Bill, uh, Bill Belichick, but they're two and three. They didn't look good against the Denver Broncos at home. And if any team should have looked rusty, it was the Broncos who had been practicing nonstop, had their bye week taken away from them because of what happened with the coronavirus, and then came and traveled across the country and had a one o'clock game, you know, wiped the floor with the Patriots. There's concern. Look, the 49ers are coming in. We're doing this on a Tuesday afternoon. You and I are talking. The 49ers are coming in this weekend. If the Patriots win 30 to 10, all that looks ridiculous. But if the Patriots right. lose, I don't know, at two and four and half the team, you know, either had something with the coronavirus or has opted out and Belichick is, you know, got a coach in a team with a bunch of turnovers. Yeah, there's going to be questions. Yeah, but there can be questions. But to say that this is now the fall of Bill Belichick or the, the you know, he's on the downside of his career. I, I'm sorry. I, I don't care if they go 0-16 for the next five years. That should not be said about the guy. Yeah, that, obviously, he's got it. a free pass in a lot of ways. Yeah. Not a free pass. He's earned that pass. But if you're going to tell me that Boston Sports Radio needs to do three hours every morning and they're not allowed to criticize the head coach after what that team looked like the last two times they took the field, then I disagree. I think 
It's all right. I don't know who I don't know who said it. Drake's coming in hot. Well, this what? is the deal. We do Good Morning Football, and we get criticized for being this cheery, fun show that never takes shots at anybody. And it's because we're, that's not the tone of our show. But this morning, I start to show them like you know Nate Burleson, who I love, is like. Cowboys defense is an issue. And I'm like, Cowboys defense is an issue. <laughs> Cowboys defense is historically the worst defense <laughs> in the history of the <laughs> game. Andy Dalton looks terrible. They didn't interview any other head coaches. They just gave Mike McCarthy the job after he, you know, hung out with Jerry Jones for two hours. And Zeke Elliott can't hold on to a football and he's paying $16 million. So like Jets fans want a pound of flesh. Cowboys fans want a pound of flesh. If the Patriots fans want a pound of flesh this morning, I'm okay with that. Wow. You're an animal. This um, is it. The cow- I said this on Twitter, half joking, but not totally joking, that Jerry should call Andrew Luck. Do you think we'll ever see Andrew Luck play again? Is I don't he know. done? I haven't heard a word from Andrew Luck. And I had no one has. I had friends who coached him at Stanford that, mm-hmm. that know him well. Um, I got to know Andrew fairly well over doing a couple of interviews with him. Like, I, I know it's like a joke about him having like this. Like, he is so off the grid. I don't, you know, his father is yeah. more relevant than he is. His father was the guy, you know, working with the XFL before that got right. shut down. Right. So, like, so off the grid. I don't know what kind of shape he's in. I don't know where he's been, but, like, how cool of a story and a jolt for the NFL would that be if he came out of the woodwork? It, I'm telling you, I, I'm waiting for that one day where it's like, you know, Schefter's going to go on Twitter and be like, Andrew Luck, I mean, I, yeah. I, I mean, maybe not this year with Corona, but. Maybe next year, you know. Um, I, don't even, I don't even know where he's living. I don't know yeah. anything about him right now. I just had a question now, and I told. Oh, um, Tua, are you excited for that? Do you think the Dolphins played it smart here? They announced him today. They have a bye week. Then they play the Rams. Is that a smart way for them to play it? I don't know. Like, yes, I would say that they're three and three, and the Bills have lost two in a row. The Patriots have lost two in a row, and the Jets aren't doing anything. Like, I don't know if there's a rush, but one of those things where those guys know like we always talk out of our asses like we don't know what's going on there and look if if Tua's lighting up in practice and Tua has shown that he's capable of doing it and he's a better chance for them to win than Fitzpatrick then it's time so I would trust Brian Flores's decision on that but it is curious considering they've won a couple games in a row and the two teams ahead of them in the standings have dropped a couple in a row it looks like the mm-hmm. Dolphins are in striking distance it's a right. weird time to do it that's what I thought I mean they, they could be. There's an extra wild card team this year too. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. They, be Dude, the they can win the AFC East. I, yeah. We here's the deal with the Bills, and I, I say this as a national sports media. It is so enticing to talk up the Bills because their fan base is so good, and they're so present on Twitter. And you'll get the likes and the retweets, <laughs> and the Bills fans will rally around you, and they'll treat you like. Like, I'm sure Barstool loves them. I'm sure Kyle Brandt loves them. I'm sure all the people that know how to like galvanize a fan base and get you like, it's a very, very fun team to root for. There's a like, there's a, an, there's something around the bills that you want to see them good and you want to be a part of it because it's such a fun ride. Um, they haven't been good the past two weeks. Yeah. And like, I don't know if we jumped the gun on crowning the bills too soon this season. I, yeah, I don't, I have a very, um, I think most quarterbacks are bad. Whereas okay. a lot Go of people on. think like, like to me, I don't think Josh Allen is a good quarterback. Now people are going to tell me about his arm, his legs, his this. But to me, when you throw picks in a big spot, I, I don't care about the others. Like I always thought Jay Cutler was a terrible NFL quarterback. People thought yeah. he was good. Yeah. So um, I, I never got on the Bills bandwagon for that reason. But 
Yeah, they, they uh, threw for 122 yards yesterday in a game that was built for them to win. That's a rainy, cold weather. You know, here comes this team on the road uh, that's coming off a loss, and they're a finesse team that throws the ball over the yard. And the Chiefs came in and played the Bills brand of football. And when Mahomes needs to make a play, he hits Byron Pringle for a 30-yard completion. And when Josh Allen needs to make a play, through an interception to Daniel Sorensen. It's nothing against Josh Allen. It's just that we were talking MVP four weeks into the season, and that's just not what he is. Not yet. Well, that's anyone who talks MVP four weeks into the season. I Bro, mean, I this know... is what, dude. We we have this like <laughs> existential problem as a sports media where we oh, talk. The MVP talk, stuff is bizarre to me. Bizarre. MVP is crazy. Like no one actually. Yeah. It's it's crazy. It's yeah. is he in an MVP conversation is a topic. Like, well, literally that shouldn't happen until week ten. Literally anyone is like right. right now. If you were to say and like we're gonna do it, but is Derrick Henry in the MVP conversation? What's my answer? Well, like sure, again, I guess it's like also, what's the but, matter? What's the stakes here? Like, yes. Well, it's fine, also what's yes. the criteria? Like how you judge? I mean, you you know you could easily say um, Derrick Henry, like you said, um, but I have a feeling, you know. If we had this conversation, let's say three, four weeks from now, the answer is going to be Tom Brady. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's rolling now. They're rolling. Well, we. Think I don't know how they lost to the Bears though. That it's is a weird game. It was a weird game, and they surrendered zero sacks on Sunday, and they had zero penalties on Sunday, yeah. and they turned the ball over zero times. Yeah, I saw you tweet. That was a good. That was a good. Yeah, and there. it's like yeah. the week before they they were getting clobbered. It's one of those deals. But I picked I picked the Bucks in the Super Bowl, and I'm going to wear it either way. I mean, good or bad, I'm going to go down with the ship on that one. I think. They're loaded on defense, yeah. and he's really, really good. I still think he is. Well, that's the thing. Everyone wanted to hype Rodgers. You know, at the beginning of the season, there's everyone always there's so much Lamar Jack. Like to me, Brady is still the second best quarterback in the NFL behind behind Mahomes. And you would not, not you would not see him on a list. Like if someone was right. like, list your top five quarterbacks. No, it's all Russell Wilson and Rodgers and a lot of yeah. these young cats. No one ever gives Brady. It's almost like Brady's underrated. Like, I would go crazy. Mahomes one, Brady two. If you had a, and, and my criteria is this: if you had to play a game, to, if you had to play the Super Bowl sure. tomorrow and win the Super Bowl. Yeah. I'd go Mahomes one, Brady two, and I'd probably go Wilson three. Yeah, and that's fair. Yeah. Roger's not on that list, though, huh? He'd be four. Yeah. But again, you know, well. Next week, he could be two. That's, I mean, right. that's the point of it all. Yeah. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans. The chaos. In Washington, D.C., 
and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Tell me, what is your, what, I want to know what your Sunday, like, setup is. Like, you do your show for Fox. It's all new because I like usually how do you watch at the a games? stadium. You, yeah, I'm either at a stadium or I want the I'm Schrager Sunday in the studio. But this has been a crazy. I mean, you want to talk crazy experience? I've never watched the Red Zone until this year. First time I ever I hate watched the Red Zone. Jimmy, it's not for me. I hate I love, it. I, I hate love it. it. I love Andrew Siciliano. He's a yeah. friend. Yeah. I, I, I know Scott Hansen. He's a friend. Right. I can't watch an NFL Sunday jumping game to game right. with that hysteric pace. When I like storyline, I like process, right. I like plot. I like So what I do have is I've got the, uh, the NFL Game Pass situation. I put it up, I hook it up to my TV, right. and I go game to game on my own accord. I dictate right. what game. But can you watch more than to. one game at once? No. Okay. Okay. But I'll look at the scores, you don't and do... I want to pick. I want to pick what game it's going to be on because – I appreciate what those guys are doing, but when you see the AJ Brown overtime or play at the end, what you missed was the drive that led to it or the Vrabel, you know, 12 men on the field penalty, which everyone was talking about two days later, but in the broadcast was covered just right. fine. Like I need story, I need context, and then I can speak about it eloquently. But right. when you're just showing me Chandler Canazaro's on for the field goal, and now we're going to this one, and Emmanuel Sanders has a 17-yard run for a score. Like I have no concept of what's How actually do you happening not have, in the game. Can you not? You can't get Sunday ticket where you live. Is that the like direct no, TV? I don't oh, have okay. direct TV. I'm in an apartment building, so right, we got the right. Game Pass, and right. with these new phones, you can like hook it all up. It's right, crazy. Right. So I see it all, and I like listening to all the different broadcasts. I know, you know, that, you know you I know, like hearing some of those. You know about the illegal streams? I don't, and I don't want to get there because I feel like uh, in today's you. today's day and age of of zooms and cameras i don't need anything illegal near me okay buddy i'm just saying is that away. a jeffrey tubin i'm not making any references i'm hey i i don't i'm just saying not my style not what i would do but i don't need any more problems and i don't need any more screens i'll just I'll say send that. you i'll send you the links um this is my issue at red zone and like you said you know i you know andrew siciliano seems like one of the best guys in sports media because i had written a column last year about last year last year was my first year yeah really is and last year was my first year 
with Red Zone after 20 years of Sunday Ticket, which I got rid of. And I hated the Red Zone. And I wrote a column about like, I think I'm the only person in, because people on on Twitter just orgasm over the Red Zone every Sunday. And I, I was like, I must be the only person in America who doesn't like it. And Andrew Siciliano responded, came on my podcast, could not have been a nicer guy. But this is my issue. And this isn't his fault. On Sunday <laughs> afternoon, mm-hmm. okay, so their whole thing is any game, any game that's in the red zone, they have to show. That's their shtick. I don't need to see Giants Washington, Washington. football team I hear you. in the red zone when these are two of the worst teams in the NFL, when the Titans and Texans are tied. Give me the Titans with the ball at their own 20, ready to start a drive instead of the Washington football team in the red zone. No one gives a shit. Give me the games that matter when it's late. That's my issue with the red zone. But they, but they're they they're called the red zone, so they have to show everything that's in the red zone. It's annoying. Yeah. It's there's a lot, you know. It's it's one of those deals where this is a one percent problem. When we were kids. We were watching the uh, the CBS whatever game we got the national about, game. I know, I know. You're just like me on this one. Think yeah. about though when you were a kid, uh, 13, 14, 15, yeah. You're watching CBS. And now to another game. And 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 Pat Summerall would say, we have a game break. Right? And the um, studio would, oh, the excitement. And like you'd see, that, you'd see that Tampa creamsicle uniform. It'd be like, oh, oh my God, the Buccaneers are on television. Oh, my God. Rush. Like, what's happening? Man. I know. Eric Rett just scored another touchdown. Um, That was cool. I, yeah. I, I miss, and our show tries to give that as much honor. Like, I miss just traditional NFL primetime with Boomer and Tom yeah. Jackson. And I think NBC does a really good job of it. Like that pregame show with Tarico before the Sunday night game, when all the other games are done and Fox is off the air and 60 minutes is on a CBS. If you put it, put it on, they do a good job giving you the best sound of the day. And it, but it's not the 90 minutes Boomer and right. TJ, but see, I never watched the NBC show because either Fox or CBS has a game that's running almost up until the, and then I use that little window of time to either make or get dinner. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. I, I, I love Tariko, and I think that show helps inform me, just crystallize some thoughts for our Monday morning show because right. Sims and I guess it's Rodney Harrison and Dungey, like it's a studio show, whatever it is, yeah. but like last week they broke down Cam Newton's uh, you know, fourth down, fourth and ten pass. I didn't see it earlier mm-hmm. in the day because the game wasn't on and I just right. and like that's where you're gonna see it. So I think there is still a place for highlights and recap stuff. And, uh, and uh, you know, I'll say, yeah. I, I don't necessarily need the knee jerk. Con- I mean, I feel like it's a roller coaster ride and a lot of people like that feeling. I've got enough stress in my life. I don't need to hear 60 <laughs> different games going on at once. Yeah. I, uh, I, I miss primetime. That was, that was always so great because you saw highlights you didn't see, but by the time eight o'clock was around, you've seen every highlight. I it's guess on like the phone. And th- I, it's also the first year that I'm like, on my phone during games and that's right. terrible too the knee-jerk reactions and everyone trying to one-up each other with a meme or something funny or some observation or yeah. some knock on the jets like it's such a cesspool so yeah. i i sound like an arrogant person here i just it, it's no, no, I, not not using the phone on sundays also for for twitter i don't need that i don't check read use twitter at all on sundays until probably like half time of the four o'clock i don't do it at all during the one o'clock games there's too many games to pay attention to and I really don't care about everyone's like little jokes about what's going on. Yeah. But I also feel like that's during the pandemic, probably a nice outlet for a lot of people like community wise, if they weren't able to watch with friends or not go to the sports bar, or go to the game. So yeah, I'd be interested in seeing if everyone feels that way for me personally, I don't need, you know, the pithy joke from the writer. You know, <laughs> that I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, before I let you go, what, give me anything we're watching during the pandemic here that, that, yeah, need, that we need to know shows. about. Give me. One of them is the Swedish show, 
and it is so sweet s-w-e-t or swedish sweet sweet okay and uh it's it doesn't it love on the spectrum on netflix have you heard of it okay i have not it is an australian show okay with kids with autism and Asperger's and they're in their twenties and their thirties. Right. And it's them looking for romance. And it sounds like this is a crazy premise. And it sounds like you're, it is the most beautiful show. This show is not, it's not artistically done. It is funny. It is good. Right. If you need a pick me up, but also a good laugh, because these kids are incredible. I say kids. A lot of them are 25, 26. Interesting. Love on the spectrum. Okay. That is my, that is my one. And I'm, Five episodes, you will love it. Number two, there is a show on the Reels Network, R-E-E-L-Z. Okay, yeah. remember making the band when we were watching it as kids, or, or the or behind the, or, no, I'm sorry, behind the music yeah. on VH1, and it was yeah. like, here's the, the dirty story of Sticks and how Dennis D. Young took the band down. <laughs> Reels has a show called Breaking the Band, and it's all about how bands break up famous bands and why yeah, they yeah. broke up but they use actors as as uh as actors to re like to recreate re-enact. the scene yeah, yeah. dude it's the trashiest tv it's so good when eddie van halen died they ran the van halen one and it was amazing about how you know david lee roth did this and sammy hagar did this and then i dvr'd it and i watched the journey one i watched the beatles one i watched the led zeppelin one it is on a network i didn't know existed right the reels network r-e-e L Z. And then if there's a third show, because these are the recommendations you're coming to Jimmy Chana's podcast for. You want to hear yeah. my my love on the spectrum and my my breaking the band. Those are two thing. good ones so far. I got into a show with my wife. It's it's not breaking bad and it's not mad men. This show is called Little Fires Everywhere and it's on Hulu. Okay, now the one thing that concerns me about that is that my fifteen year old niece watches that show. So okay. is she watching something inappropriate or are you guys watching something that's for younger people? Jimmy, it's set in nineteen ninety seven. Okay. And it is dripping in nostalgia. Okay. Dripping. I'm talking soundtrack, wardrobe, references. Stars Reese Witherspoon and our guy Joshua Jackson, who we loved in Mighty oh, Ducks yeah, from and the Dawson's Creek. Creek. Yeah. From The Creek. The Creek. Yeah, the Creek. Uh, I just everyone, read that The Creek is coming to Netflix. So that's is exciting. it? Everyone yeah. loves their Vanderbeek. I'm more of a Jackson guy. Um, Jackson and, and then uh, Ke- Kelly, Carrie Washington. I'm going blank. What's Katie the. Katie Holmes? No. Katie Holmes, Michelle Williams? No, no, not that. I'm talking, no. is it Carrie Washington or Kelly Washington, who's in well, Scandal? Carrie Washington is on Scandal. Yeah, she's the other lead in this thing. So okay. this is, these are three heavy hitters. Yeah. The kid actors are incredible. Um, little fires everywhere. What not is it about? Whatever else is, it's 1997, Shaker Heights, Ohio, a small town in Ohio. And there is a, a couple things that happen in the town, but it goes back and forth. There's time and it's, it's your it's your 1997 nostalgia that if you want to huh. hear a little Alanis Morissette, if you want to hear a little garbage, I'm only happy when it rains. This is the soundtrack to the show, and the acting is fantastic. So I would say it gets there's some parts you're like this writing's terrible, and then you're like actually the show's really good. I like it. So I'm gonna throw that one out there. Little fires. Okay, everywhere. so this Ooh. is good. This is a good way to end this. Since you mentioned Alanis, yeah, and uh, a show about 1997 and all the nostalgia. The Ringer, I think it was last week, put out a okay. tweet asking right. people what the three most definitive songs of the 90s were. 
Oh, wow. And, and is there a list? Did they do a list or they didn't? I, I, so I only saw it because Greg Wyshynski, who covers the NHL. Hockey, right? Yeah. yeah, NHL for ESPN, longtime blogger and probably the best at covering the NHL. He had retweeted it and he had named um, Smells Like Teen Spirit, which I thought was an obvious one. Um but to you, is that like, I know it reminds us of the 90s well, it's not and for you. cultural significance. Yeah, but yeah. Like, is and that one of your favorite songs? Like if that song it's comes not on, one of my like, favorites. hell yeah, Nirvana. No, no, it's not one of my favorites, but I think it is one of the definitive songs of the 90s. It's not okay. one of my, but he also mentioned, um, he went with TLC and he mentioned Creep. And I had responded yeah. to him and said, I'm fascinated you went Creep over Waterfall. I know, I know. So if you had a three definitive songs of the 90s or your three favorite 90s songs, I, it's, I hate when people ask me these questions on the spot because you always yeah, forget something no. and you have to think it. But um, uh, he I think his other one was Britney. Baby okay. One More Time. Yeah, that, I mean, that's fair. That was My that, list, was... because you said it, that's what triggered it. My list would have to have You Ought to Know on it in the top three. You Ought to Know is good. Like, I think of Montel Jordan's This Is How We Do It as great like, choice. a great 90s yes. song. Um, as far as ballads go, either Puffy doing I'll Be Missing You, the remake of the Police song was very 90s. Um, yeah. But Brian Adams, Everything I Do, I Do It For You is a great 90s song. Oh, my God. That's not a good one. N not a great song, but it's a 90s song. But like to me, like Semi Charm Life by, by Third, Third Eye Blind, Blind. Bittersweet Symphony by, by The Verve, I think. Uh, I would those also, type of songs. Dishwalla, Counting Blue Cars. Like those are the type of songs that are 90s to me. I think you got to have I Want It That Way on the list from the back. Yeah, dude, and that's yourself. okay. It yeah. was the time. Yeah. It was the time. If you want to say Live in La Vida Loca, I'm not going to laugh you out of the room. It was the time. Um, but yeah, I mean, everything from... from Alanis uh, has to be on that list. That yeah. album, that so those two songs were just... I think there's a good debate of insane. the most 90s songs, which include yeah. If You Want to Be My Lover... Right. Or the best 90s song, which none of those songs belong on the same list. So. Wait, there's a difference between what's universally thought of as the best and what's your favorite. Like, yeah, Smells Like no Teen one... Spirit, it wouldn't crack my top 100 songs. Yes, and I don't, you know, I'm thinking about, like, my high school songs and, like, what was big. And, you know, I guess there's a million Mariah Carey songs that came out. And right. that I wouldn't put any of those on the on my favorite. But yet, when I hear them, I'm like, I know exactly where I was right. when I heard Butterfly for the first but time. But I'm also, you know? I don't consider myself a 90s expert by any stretch. Like, I'm an 80s expert, not a 90s okay. expert. So I, I leave the 90s stuff to other people who know better. You're a big Frank, Frankie Goes to Hollywood gets you going instead. Yes. No, not, no, no. Culture Club. Tommy Two-Tone. Duran Duran. Adam Ant. <laughs> You know, Prince, Michael Jackson, Madonna. Yeah. You know, that was. I, I you know. feel like I, I you know, I'm date, I date myself, but like, if you were to ask me, like, the quintessential song of 2020, I probably oh, wouldn't even know the top 10. Like, I. Um, no, like I'm going, I'm probably thinking like Sam Smith or The Weeknd. Like, uh, I like that blinding oh, light I hate song. That. I hate that blinding light I song. I like it. I like it. Um, I like that watermelon sugar. Yes, Harry Styles for sure. <laughs> but if you start There's, saying you know, like you know whoever, if, you're on the, if you're if you know the TikTok, then Savage Love by Jason Derulo is. I don't know it. It's a biggie. Yeah. It's a big one. I got it. Yeah. Okay. All right. And, and then, then Ariana Grande and Lady Gaga did a duet. I forgot the name of the song. My niece. So that was like for for a generation, Jimmy. Like that song is going to bring up 
some real memories. And for us, it's like, hey, like whatever, you know? And I guess that's yeah. how it is. Yeah, I don't know about that. Sinead O'Connor's not pumping out nothing compares to you right now. I'll tell you that. If I if that if a song like that came out, I would know it. That is an icon. Was that nineties or eighties? It might that have been was 80s. probably ninety. I bet that right. was nineteen ninety, right on the yeah, edge songs there. like that. You get that Wilson, was a huge song. You get Wilson yeah. Phillips "Hold On" or a rock yeah. set song. I mean, those are songs. I don't know if there's any pop songs now that are doing it for me like that. Are you uh, are you sick of the guy with the? Fleetwood Mac and the cranberry juice. No, I thought it was no. funny. I don't. I don't see it enough. Where I'm like, oh, it's everyone's doing it. It's done. Like I, I thought it was so bizarre. Like, they did a great they, job. Fox did a great job on what was the Thursday night game? The last Thursday night game because there was there was no Thursday night game last. Bears box. Bears box. They because I heard played. Iron Eagle. Iron Eagle did it. Oh, that's right. It was Iron. It wasn't it was Joe Iron. Buck. That's right. It was Iron. Iron Eagle did it. Was it was Iron and the Chiefs, Chiefs Raiders. Yeah, yes. and it was. It was great. Yeah. Ian's amazing. Ian but, and Joe Buck are very similar with their senses of humor. That's why right, that they're actual human beings and they're funny and hilarious. They're funny, yeah, yeah. They're, they're great. And CBS played the f- dreams going to break and, yeah, and Ian said he, he was craving a cranberry juice. Yeah. And that's a perfect symmetry. That's well yeah. done. That's it. But yeah, yeah, this is why I love doing your podcast. We talked about coronavirus and we jumped to Sinead O'Connor in a matter of minutes. Yeah. Well, and also like, here's what's funny too. I feel like you one thing we have in common is we get mad about stupid things and not madly like for instance here's like here i'll give you two things so chris russo who we both love last week was going ballistic going crazy for hours because joe buck blew off game set which is not his decision it's fox's decision didn't do game seven of the nlcs because he went to do the packers and 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 bucks and i'm listening to that and i'm like a human being cannot be this upset about this that that Joe Buck is calling the foot, you know, but then I was thinking about it and I saw today that Nance and Romo are calling Niners Patriots. Yeah. And I got all upset that they're not yeah, calling the like, Steelers Titans. Like, no, so like, we're all, yeah. We all get like, you know, these weird things that bother us. I feel a kinship with people. Like I'm that. with you on a lot of your tweets though, that you send out when there's like a Tuesday night football game and you're like, hell yes. I like it. Like, yeah. I'm here for it, dude. Same deal. But like this is where night. I get nervous. I get nervous sending that tweet because people are like, we only have this game because of Corona. You must know, people get coronavirus. Like, the I'm truth of like, the matter is, I, when we were growing up, I'll never forget the Jeffrey Mayer game and watching that from uh, uh, Transistor TV, which used to exist in a high school locker room after a basketball practice. Because that game, the Jeffrey Mayer game in 1996 happened at like 4.30 p.m. Eastern. Yeah. Like it used to be where there would be sports in the daytime. I'll be honest with you. I love Fox. They're my employers. I can't stay up for nine innings when the game starts either. I sound like Chris Russo and I sound like Francesa here. But like, well, you're on TV something... at seven in the morning. So yeah, that's but I, I don't think I'm alone in people my age. So like, I just, you know, I, I miss the days of when a baseball playoff game could start at 2 p.m. And not everyone's yeah. going to freak out about it. Oh. But you get you get some extra sleep now though that you're working from home, right? What's the yeah. difference? Like when you were in studio, when did you wake up? And now when do you wake up? Uh studio we wake up around four and then when now we're doing it probably around five. So it's a solid hour. But the yeah. best part is you don't have to commute in and out of the city. You're kinda of right. rolling out of bed and doing the show. You hope that you put a brush through your hair. It's a crazy <laughs> time, dude. I'm gonna remember this quarantine and try to have as many uh good thoughts about it as possible because it does it does reset things a bit and put you know, put things in perspective. But gosh, Doing TV from, I live in like a fourteen hundred square foot apartment in Brooklyn. Can't hide money, Jimmy. Um, and <laughs> I'll tell you, like, we took a closet and we reconstructed it, and it's a it's a studio for where millions of people are watching TV every morning. Yeah. It's just amazing. If you told me six months ago it was possible, I'd say hell no. But we made it work. So whatever yeah. it is, man. Well, the show is still great. 
Still the best Appreciate it. morning sports show on TV. Good morning, football, Monday through Friday on the NFL Network. Any, you can see Peter Schrager on Sundays on Fox at 11 a.m. Eastern. On the, I call it the pre-pre-game show. It's great. I like that. It's called NFL Kickoff, and yeah. I will tell you this. It's really good. There it's a go. good show. It's a good there show. 11 a.m. every Sunday on Fox. The problem is I'm, just, I'm never home at 11 a.m. on fine, a Sunday. That's fine, and I like, get it, especially in the fall in New York City. Be, yeah. You don't yeah. want to be sitting at home. I get it. I'm not going to fight yeah. for our viewers, but I'll say it. There are other options, and yeah. I understand that, but our show is really good. There you go. All right, Shregs. I love when you come on. Thanks for doing it. I appreciate it. You're the man, dude. Thanks, dude. Take care. Be well. Stay safe. All right. My thanks to Peter Schrager for coming on and chopping it up with me. Always love talking to Schrags. If you missed any past episodes of the Sports Illustrated Media Podcast, they're in the archives. Give them a listen. Ernie Johnson, host of Inside the NBA last week. Jim Miller, two weeks ago. Al Michaels, Dan Patrick, Kevin Harlan. All recent guests right here on the SI Media Podcast. So give them a listen, rate, and review if possible. Appreciate you guys tuning in. That wraps up this episode. And we'll see you next week right here. Take care. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball. From growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.